You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Greetings. My name is Eluth Espinoza, founder of Anthony's Voice, an organization named after my grandson, Anthony Brown. Anthony was diagnosed with autism at the early age of three years old. He is currently 21 years of age and is still considered nonverbal. Our journey has been one of many challenges as well as unimagined rewards. This year, for Autism Awareness Day, April 2nd, we're proud to announce our community partnership of Anthony's Voice and LoudmouthRadio.com. This month, Anthony's Voice will have a four-part series each Thursday of the month. Radio segments that will bring two communities together to discuss autism, share resources, highlight individuals on the spectrum, fundraisers, and so much more. No matter the time or the season, we're open and available 24-7. Shouldn't your dealership be too? Carumba.com, the convenient online used vehicle marketplace. Register your independent dealership now. Fulfilling a promise, toiling through thick and thin. Commitments abounding to families, friends, work and all. No time to smell roses or savor the sunset. Feeling suppressed from dreams unfulfilled. Intimacy shattered and memories erased. Friendships faded and love engaged. Release yourself from frustration and anger. Release yourself from the burden of guilt. Let the tears roll free to let all all the sadness. Give others a chance to share in the care, a chance to give back before it's too late. Link up with the world, refresh your perspective. Dare caring for you, both your body and soul. Release yourself to be who you are, with dreams to fulfill while able and strong. Embrace your life the gift you were given. Renewed, you can blossom, freed up from the burden of guilt and despair. Reborn, love can flourish and your care can become a blessing to share. Good evening. This is a poem by Mr. Steve Golden. And... um Excited about our topic this evening and hope everyone's well out there. And so today's topic will be on aging and uh, the caregiver. You need Tent 2, located at 3118 Emory Street Northwest in Unit B in Covington, Georgia, is dedicated to delivering high-quality tent workmanship and excellent customer service. You Need Tent 2 has a variety of tent shade options and films ready to be installed with a lifetime manufacturer's warranty. So stop by today. You Need Tent 2 is the go-to destination for professional window and tinting services. Don't forget to visit us online at youneedtentinthenumber2.com and don't forget to tell them that Loudmouth Radio sent you. Today's an amazing day. I'm uh, very, very, very grateful for this series of autism with our community partner, Anthony's Voice, and founder, Luther Espinosa. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to having this discussion on aging caregivers. Well, I, I think that from the 
previous weeks, you've done an amazing job touching on so many factors. And of course, this is something that is a very important aspect that you can speak on. And I know that you're not going to be shy about the the reality of things. And, you know, as a producer and, and working with you in conjunction with uh, your series, there are times like tonight, we um, had an opportunity to discuss some of the aspects of uh, the struggle of aging and how that affects caregivers. So there was an article I found that we had an opportunity um, to look over and felt it was good enough to share with our listeners. And um, I'm going to read a little bit and then I'm going to allow you to just naturally share um, your response to this statement uh, in this article that was published this year, January of this year, actually about the struggle of aging caregivers uh, by Maureen Benny. I read an excellent article in the Globe and Mail about the struggles that aging population has with trying to balance work, personal life, and caregiving responsibilities. While caregiving is a labor of love, it also has another side to it that affects employment, physical and mental health and well-being. As well as we, as we age, we also have to assess how feasible it is to provide the support long-term. When I look at my own situation, caring for my two autistic adult children who are now in their 20s, I worry about the future, but also feel stuck on how to move forward because of the lack of affordable housing, financial support, and the difficulty finding and keeping staff. I'm so tired of trying to do it all that I fall asleep sitting on the couch at 7 p.m. most nights. The conversation about autistic people aging and the supports that they will need is just the beginning. For the most part, they care is the responsibility of family members. Congregate settings may not work for this population and aging at home may be the best option for long-term happiness and well-being. How can we make aging in place a reality without taking a toll on aging family members? So with that being said, (laughs) (laughs) you're looking like you're looking at me. What do you mean? (laughs) Well, this is um, a story I hear over and over again. And it is also my story as um, I am raising my grandson, who is now 22. Um, I do have 12 other grandchildren, great-grandkids also, too. Well, Anthony is 22, and you are how many years in now as his caregiver? I've been caring for Anthony since he was six years old. Um, 16 years. So 16 years. This year makes 16 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So look, you graduated middle school, high school. And now he's actually getting ready to do another transition. He will be graduating from the adult program and going out into the world. And so... Here's another stressor for a parent, let alone a grandparent, as what's next. And that always seems to be the question, what's next, what's next? Um, For those of us whose children are, are getting up in age, and we are also getting up in age, we begin to worry more and more and more as to what's going to happen to them when we are no longer here. Or what's going to happen to them if something, an illness or something and just disables us and makes us unable to care for them? 
All these things become a worry every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes a serious worry. And even now, um, no sooner do you get used to one program than they're transitioning to another program. And um, as, a, as a grandparent caring for Anthony, um, I have to be honest. I, there are days when I'm exhausted. I playing the role of a parent um just makes this job just twice as twice as difficult. Yeah, twice as difficult. I can imagine. With Anthony, um the one cool thing is that I've been able to see his development and he's maturing. And even in maturity there comes another level of, of change and responsibilities and, and, and things that may have occupied him when he was younger, that as he's becoming older, he's, I think he's noticing himself, um, his growth in, in, as far as his life, his, his, he's, he's, he's making adjustments, um, that allows him to advance into other realms, which you're talking about this adult program and his art, so well, that's the rewards that I receive as his caregiver. I mean, there are many exciting rewards, but I I really want to go back to in the midst of the rewards though, um sometimes as caregivers we forget to reward ourselves and to make an extra effort uh, to figure out how to fit ourselves in this because it is important for us to keep our health up more than the average yes, person yes. because we are looking out for two or three or four or however many. And um, so health is a double whammy. Mm-hmm. We Not even just you, but also the also, one you're caring for. Exactly, exactly. Right. And so... Um, because if you can't walk, if you can't uh, uh, get up out of bed, you can't take care of uh, anyone. So, yeah. With everything um, you just mentioned, I think the biggest thing that is uh, the truth in the matter is that you as the caregiver and the autistic person are aging parallel. And one of the things that I'm seeing, um, you mentioned about when Anthony was a little boy, the amount of ratio of children was one to, what was that that statistic of uh, When Anthony diagnosis? was diagnosed, it was one in every 150. So currently, I just read we are now one in every 36. That is crazy. It is crazy. So you're it's... talking about 20 years. Mm-hmm. The numbers have changed dramatically. That's why it's so important for everyone to really learn and understand autism to an extent because autism is going to permeate every corner of our society. And so, uh, and statistics show that almost everyone you know will know someone or have someone in their family with autism. So it's important that we get ahead of I don't, it's not a pandemic of sorts. It's Nutrition, just, lifestyle. It's, um, it's, it's another society that has mm-hmm. come to join us. True that. And so we must uh, continue to work to understand each other. 
Mm-hmm. But you know, in in even in the poem that I was reading, and we're talking about aging, there's another part that that gets overlooked, and that is that occasionally you're dealing with resentment. You're dealing with being constantly being misunderstood by family friends um, that feel you're not taking time out, but have no concept of what it's like to do twenty four hours and uh, a twenty four hour care for someone and to still fit everything in. And so I think it's important for us to to really step outside of ourselves and step into someone else's shoes to fully understand um, the dynamics, the dynamics of the relationship of our relationships, you know, our friendships, our marriages are suffering. Our friendships are suffering, but um, it, it, it takes a, it takes a toll. It's taking a toll in yeah, our society. It is. It, it is. It's taking a toll in every area. And so um, one of the things that I look forward to in, in, with Anthony's Voice Foundation is to provide some retreats for the parents, to provide some um, like those a, a getaways. safe space, though, mm-hmm. to have discussion on how we manage these issues and uh yeah come up with come up with new solutions new ideas support new support, support groups systems, new support groups yes. you know uh sometimes it, we have to think outside the box support groups don't work for us all the time we can't leave our children some of us are in the house 24 you cannot leave out so how do you go to a support group? What does that look like? Um, so again, thinking out, thinking of new ways to inch, to to combat the challenges of being a caregiver mm-hmm. and aging, mm-hmm. and uh, that's just one part of the equation. We still have to discuss the pro- issues of aging and the autistic child or the autistic adult, um, but. But for now, we I just kind of want to stay right here with the caregiver who um, unfortunately often gets a pat on the back and says, oh, you're doing a great job, or I couldn't do it. All these comments that sometimes can be very insensitive to the caregiver. I'm sure you can feel condescending on a it lot can. of times. Yes. You know, for for you, it's, 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 you know, ever since I've known you, you've been on this journey of of uh, building and preparing for Anthony and you always in conjunction talk about the other parents, the other families that you know who are struggling like you are at times and making adjustments. And so I think that the foundation is on the right track. You have so much vision, um, and a lot of it has started because of your own walk and your own experience with Anthony. Absolutely. It is my dark moments. Um, there were many, many dark moments uh, in the beginning with Anthony. And I remember the despair, the loneliness, uh, the inability to reach out. The inab- There was just no help. Um, the despair. Mm-hmm. So when I but 
I was also a grandparent who had already raised children, had went through a marriage. So in some ways, I was a little bit more calmer, wiser in raising Anthony. Um, and even then, even then, there were new challenges. So for me now, I'm able to share those experiences and give hope and offer different ways out of that darkness. And so that's what I hope Anthony's voice will be to our community here in Temecula. And beyond. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know that you are dedicated to advancing so many things. Um, what do you feel like, you know, you mentioned the caregivers aging and, and the person that um, they're responsible for is equally aging and the toll that it takes. How do you feel like um, the community can um, help to alleviate some of the pressures of, um, you know, the aging caregiver? Because, like you mentioned, if somebody should become, they're aging, let's say they become disabled or something like that, critically happens. What, what does those options look like from your perspective for that caregiver? in a situation as, you know, they're facing something like that? Well, currently, currently there are not many options when you speak of a caregiver becoming disabled. Many of our children will go into a hospital uh, until either a family member is able to take them or into foster homes. I... I would have to look now to see what the statistics are now or what they're doing differently. But what this is why I am working toward with other communities, autistic autism communities, to continue to build communities where autistic adults can live with caregivers, which are um not As, necessarily outside not of family members. Outside the, of family, exactly. Mm -hmm. Private caregivers uh -huh. that are hired. Um, and so where they can have, you know, their own life and live a normal lifespan. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, with the tools need in that community that they need mm -hmm. to be able to live a full life. So ultimately, that's what we look for, a safe place to place our, our children or our young adults. We don't... And, we don't want to feel like we're putting them away. We want to feel like we're giving them their life back, you know, mm -hmm. giving them a place where they can um, be free and safe. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you know the answer to this, but is there an average age for autism uh, people to that survival rate? Do you have a clue what that is? I actually don't know. I haven't looked it actually, up. Actually, autistic people... Um, have an average lifespan. There's no dramatic difference in their lifespan. So they will live um, as long. They do have a few more medical issues um, as they get older. Mostly it's in the cognitive area. Mm -hmm. But they do have guttural type of, of issues. Digestural, which is, which is very, very common uh, from birth on. But other than that, they have a normal lifespan um, with a few different types of uh, medical challenges than we do. And of mm. course, 
that varies because this is a spectrum. So there are different types, but on a general, yeah, that's what we're looking at. You know, one of the interesting things was that um, I did find this article about a aging um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Donald T., who was considered to be the first official child to be diagnosed with autism. He was the first case in Dr. Leo Kaner's seminal paper, Autistic Disturbances of Effective Contact, that was published in 1943. Donald at the time was five years old, and he exhibited many of the characteristics often associated with classic autism or Kaner syndrome, which include a preference to be alone, his engagement in repetitive behaviors, um, echolalia, I don't know what that is, um, and an exceptional memory. Donald is now in his early 80s, lives in Forest, Mississippi, is well accepted, active in his community. He drives a car, plays golf. He spends time with locals. He's been in a recent historical book on autism called In a Different Key, The Story of Autism and the Article in the Atlantic. Uh, John Donovan and Karen Zucker wrote in detail about Donald's early years as well as his current lifestyle, DonaldT.com, which you can read about him as well as watch a video. So, like, just reading about him, I never heard of him before. Um, but here it is. We're in 2023. That's been 80 years. And, you know, wow, right? It's been 80 years. And, but what you That was must, discovery at the time. And, but what you must also note is that we have a, what's considered high-functioning mm-hmm. autistic adult. And so a high-functioning autistic adult will can and find their way. They have more issues with uh, 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 anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. things of that nature, because they still are challenged socially. Um, but with the low-functioning autistic adult, that's a whole... A whole different, different. scenario yeah, because case. it can have um, severe um, that you'll find dual diagnosis at that point um, your which means they could be down syndrome with autism um, that 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 would be a dual diagnosis. It's, let me ask you this is like Asperger's and so Asperger's is a form of autism Asperger is on the spectrum it's a form it's on of the spectrum autism. but it could also have a collaboration of something else too um, yeah, any mental illness can be combined with a, you know, some other, um, like... Disability. Disability, or... yeah. Mm-hmm. You can combine it with some. But, again, with low... Anthony is considered low-functioning. Uh, basically, he is nonverbal. He has... It's very challenging to explain his cognitive understanding of things. Because Anthony is extremely bright and we really don't know how to even measure his intelligence because he constantly is surprising us with how what he knows when he decides to let us know that he knows. Correct. Um, so, but, and that's all great in fairy tale land, but mm-hmm. in the real world... That won't work. No one will understand him and he won't understand others. And so that makes that a disability, an inability to understand each other. Right. Um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Because this, so now you know what's interesting. There's this new rollout of AI. I didn't think about this till now, but as you were saying that, it made me think about a time of Anthony using his iPad. And it's funny because, like what you're saying, like you can't. You it's it's so hard to gauge because where you might not think he might not be able to understand something. Uh, he's constantly has his iPad, which requires him. And, and 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 Anthony can draw almost any cartoon character imaginable to the degree of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And he knows the characters' names. Then he'll turn around and look them up. Now, if you talk to Anthony and and, and he's very limited in his vocabulary speaking mm-hmm. and it's not as clear as what most people would cognitively understand. And you can see sometimes his frustration in him trying to explain something. But he's constantly looking up things. He's constantly finding things. So if you think about it, it's like, okay, well, if he's typing into an iPad, he's putting in the words. (laughs) So like... Yes. He knows, like, I remember something came on and he read, he started reading something on the television. And... Like he, like he, he cracks me up when he just pops out these these moments like that, and you look at him and you're like, oh yeah, that's welcome to whatever he reading, you know. <laughs> and then you realize, like, damn, he understands that. Then, if you don't think about it, if you go based upon how he's speaking, you would totally think that he wouldn't be able to do most of anything. Because it's not necessarily full it conversation. Sounds, it sounds garbled at times. Very, very and much. And other times it sounds he's clear. Just, like sometimes he'll give you a full sentence yes, or something, and you'll be like, strange. "It's very strange." But it's then, strange. but then he's looking up all kinds of stuff. People say, "Well, so how is he? So how? So literally." He has to be have some way. He has way. to be able to if that we say he doesn't read. Um and on his books and stuff, they say he recognizes a few words but he doesn't read. But that's impossible because Anthony looks up things and he knows about the latest movies. movies. Oh my god. And, he and he'll knows. tell you whether or not if it's Marvel he know all of the the yeah, comics of the all of so, the like Super Mario came out and he was talking about all of the characters and he and, spends hours reinteracting with whatever movie he's watching and those characters and those storylines yeah. and he can he can recall if he's seen this movie and he's you know now now so let me tell you this I remember first hearing him. You know, years ago meeting him, I thought he had like Tourette's, you know, because like you'll hear people that have Tourette's, they just kind of outburst and they may say something just off rip. So, um, you know, his energy, you know, we're all energy. So depending on where his energy is, conveys a lot, too. Mm -hmm. So it's it's amazing because when you think about it, I'm like, this little boy has like, he ain't no little boy, but I'm like, this baby's got books of comics and characters and i'm like he done type them people name in and some of these characters got names you wouldn't even be able to say yourself in general purpose <laughs> so then it makes you realize that yo and then he screenshotted them which means he pulled them up on his ipad yes. <laughs> so you gotta know well two things too 
he'll pick out his his toys of those figurines of those characters. So then he's conscious enough to know that he'll look on the on the packaging and tell you the name of the person. So he's reading the person. Yes, I I met a, I met a, I met an autistic young lady who was curled up in a chair, totally unable to look at anyone, have any touch. But if you put a mic in front of her, all of a sudden she turned into like this beautiful swan of music. And for just that song, she was perfectly clear and perfectly at home in her song. But and admitted the song was done. She was back, you know. So she closed if you back met up. her That's and crazy. you never heard her sing, you would think that there was nothing there. But with our children, there are magical human beings behind the behavior. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that goes so, without saying. That is just like, you know, with the average, what you want to say, normal person. We're still, I think you still, as you're aging, you make discoveries about yourself. You find things that you find interesting and stuff like that. And you may be surprised what, what that looks like. So why shouldn't it not be, you know, this is where people misinterpret the ability and disability. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I like the term of saying it's a different ability. Mm-hmm. And their and their genius is much greater than what we Autism itself is not a disability. Autism right. itself is just another way of being. Within autism, the autism community can be challenged with certain disabilities, which can be a tongue, the usage of the tongue, which makes them unable to to talk properly, mm-hmm. uh, going to the restroom because they actually have a sensitivity issue. Some of them don't want to feel the going to the bathroom. Some of them don't know that there's that feeling means go to the bathroom. So, you know, there are some, some oh, wow. physical disabilities within mm-hmm. the autism. That's a lot. It's very layered. Oh, Lord, it's so, so layered. layered. And so, and I, and I definitely want to always make sure I give due respect to the autism community who are often offended by being considered a disability rather than um, they're happy and they enjoy their autism and I don't blame them. It seems like a very, uh, very pure and uh, unique world. And so, yeah, so as we age, once again, as we age, though, as we age, as we age, we're we are all facing different challenges as we age, but I just ask that the community be a little bit more, especially family and friends. There's mm-hmm. such things as bringing a, a dish over. Um, take, take, give you a break. Yeah, you know, take, be, take them with to know the getting yeah. to know the autistic family member and maybe joining the. Autistic caregiver on in, at an event, mm. make it some outings. Just, just once in a while, you'd be mm-hmm. surprised how just the once in a while inspires you and gives you inspiration to keep going. And the do not say just call me if you need me or things of that nature. We're That's got to be condescending. Call. That is just very condescending. Uh, again, just um. Hey, if you can contribute to their therapies, often a lot of our therapies, vitamins, 
organic foods. Uh, the, the financial burden is huge. Many families are one-parent families. Many have left. Even two-parent families have gone to one-parent because you need the 24-hour care. And so, um, yeah, contribute to therapy. Participate in an event. Get to know a little bit more about the autism community. Get to know your family member a little bit more. And you're going to find an exciting new world that actually will enhance you. And, uh, and I, I got to say this too. Yeah. Now that now as you're speaking on that, I think it is imperative that other family members get involved because if you're a parent or a grandparent, you're not going to live forever. So if there's children or, or or some other close relatives, aunts, uncles, cousins, or somebody who aligns with that caregiver, at least there's some contribution that there's a torch that could be passed to where it could also take so much of the pressure off of the caregiver mm-hmm. to feel afraid to not wake up the next day. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that mentally... That discussion is not had about the mental turmoil that a caregiver th- goes through. Just the mm-hmm. just the very fact of knowing I'm not gonna be here forever, and I I'm responsible, and it's me majority of the time. And what reprieve do I have if other people are not taking the action? And I'm not saying people meaning general public. I'm talking about family members. Because most times there are other family members that could become more involved. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, you're, you know, I didn't know Anthony at his in the early stages of when you got him. Um, but just the, the sheer description, you know, uh, some of his pictures when he was a younger boy and, and just knowing the energy level of a kid at that age and at autism and not having you know the the atmosphere and the the uh food um diet that was a proper diet for him that you had to get him to you know to get him to the point of since I've known you to this point has been incredible so to know that that early stage could have been extremely intimidating mm-hmm. for other people it was a lot for you to take on but to get to the point now in which Anthony's at he is not I've spent time with Anthony by myself and, and, and taking him with me on occasion, spent time with him doing things. Anthony is not a, a difficult individual to deal with. Uh, I feel like um, the other side of that do- goes, though, that it, it also requires you having to take the time to spend time with them in order to get the understanding of the person, just like you would with anybody else. But it does require more effort. It does require more intentional uh, attention because we're talking about Anthony right now, how he still gives you these discovery moments of him. So even on the onset of that, because there typically is a high level of sensitivities and things of that nature, the autistic person also has to feel comfortable enough with you. To allow you to be in their space, but but let me add to that because um, one of the the missing components. But do you agree? Is, do you agree with what I'm saying? I do on that? agree. Okay. I, I I absolutely agree. But here here's the other support area is siblings. Mm-hmm. You know, there are other children that are getting neglected because mm-hmm. the parent is spending so much time with the autistic individual that the. Uh, uh, 
other other children in the home are being neglected. So again, another opportunity. Pick their children up to go to uh, baseball practice, basketball practice, mm-hmm. football practice. You know, help them to to help the siblings balance, balance. because mm-hmm. we're finding that there are some uh, um, um, new issues with siblings and depression and feeling neglected and things like that. Mm-hmm. So add that to the I guilt load of parents. You know, oh, now right. I feel guilty. Am I doing enough for my autistic child? Am I doing enough for my spouse? Am I doing enough for my other children? And where do I, how do I balance this and fit myself in? Correct. So again, we, I, I personally am asking the community and the world to just step in and, and to just do a small part. You know, just keep your eyes open. And if you do have a family member, again, reach out. Uh, go pick up the other children. Take them to a movies. Or allow the married couple to, to have a, a moment. If you know you're, if you're able to take care of the autistic child along with the other children, give them a night off. And so, um, yeah, I'd like to thank you in advance for that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a PSA yeah, and, a, and, a, yeah, okay. and a thanks for yeah, joining me all at once. Raw for the pet group, uh, caregivers. We I know, right? Needed. Well, so th- so here it is. I feel like it is a village that has to be adapted. It is a village. It is a village that has is. to be adapted it because is. this is real stuff. And I ain't gonna lie to you. It's been a it's been a journey to see. Um, just even side of Anthony, knowing Anthony has helped me to know and recognize other people, other children, even maybe some of my relatives that I may not have understood certain things that start now to make me go, hmm, maybe that's a possibility that there's some traits there, you know. So mm-hmm. then it now becomes more cognitive to me to be able to pinpoint things. Yes. And I can start to recognize and then it allows me to have more sensitivity and patience. Mm-hmm. And uh, and consideration, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that uh, the more that the awareness and consciousness of the society as a whole starts stepping up and stepping in, because these are our future generations to where if these numbers have moved the way they have in the last 15 years, the last 20 years. Imagine what the next five years are going to look like. We'll probably be one in every five kids very soon, very soon at the pace in which things are going. Um, the one thing I was going to say when you, you stepped into one part, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this. And maybe this is something that we can look into and see what happens. But, you know, AI has become a new mm-hmm. conversation. And I'm intrigued to wonder if there's somewhere that the AI could decipher <laughs> so mm-hmm. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony over there having a conversation with AI. Let me tell you, AI is going to be autistic, oh the autism child's next best friend. I know, right? They love um, technology. When you see robots. Um, he saw a robot at a bowling alley, and he just walked alongside the robot and just like like he was, oh, that was his, his best, best friend. friend. And I'm just like, okay, Ooh, man, R two D two. But he was just off. He said, screw the people, screw the humans. The autism society is going to be like, yes. Okay. Black and white AI. robot. They're going to be all our robots. You guys don't make no sense. Y'all are crazy. You know, especially because, again, they're very, um, 
How very direct, very um uh how do you in your say? face? No, no, they, not apologetic. When they, get, when they don't get a joke because they they're very um cut and dry in a sense. Yeah, I don't know. There's that missing word, but anyway. But yeah, so AI and autism should be very interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of employment opportunities for the autism community in that area. And I'm talking about employment opportunities for anyone. Speech, you know, colleges are now booming with speech programs, autism programs, so that we can get more and more people involved in learning how we can support our autistic community in as in regards to education, uh, medical needs, and things of that nature. Which is, I know, is your next, your next, uh, mm-hmm. your next segment is kind of t- touching into resources and stuff mm-hmm. like that in autism. Absolutely. I think this has been a wonderful conversation today. I thank you for um, sharing your opening poem and. Uh, given that that insight of 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 what that is and how it sounds and and what it means to be a caregiver and to deal with aging and autism, and um, and just you know it's it's you know really um, I'm gonna say it you don't have to but I, you know this is a cry for help I think that um, our society has become so consumed with what individual people are focused on that there's not enough attention being done beyond self. Um, and, and what I mean by that is if you do not have an autistic child or an autistic member in your household, you know, be blessed that you're not enduring the magnitude of what you're talking about. So that leaves you open for opportunity to become more involved because you do have the opportunity to maybe step into this uh, into this field and, dis- and, and, and have a firsthand discovery of how you could be a conduit to help a caregiver, right? Um, to give resources beyond just money, because sometimes people just want to throw money at a situation when it, it needs time, like you said, a break. Mm-hmm. So becoming more involved in the understanding of autism I think opens up that door for people to become more comfortable about establishing programs and resources, even if you're not dealing with an autistic person in your family, that does not mean that you can't contribute to the community as a whole. I just want to thank the community for their, um, for just listening. This is a complex conversation with so many different arms and we could spend weeks talking because there it's but because it took years for me to begin to even understand some of the behaviors some of the needs so for me to expect to be able to um wrap all that information up and deliver it to you in 20 half an hour 20 minutes whatever it's, it's impossible <laughs> but um so i just want to thank you for um Again, taking time out to try to understand a complex situation that can actually be an enhancement to us all as a whole, because we are talking about two different dynamic societies coming together as one and becoming one great dynamic society. So again, I thank you for listening. And this is Aloof. Have a wonderful week.
You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Loudmouth.com, the number one small business online network. We're putting the word out about small business. Put your business on the referral network online that wants to put the word out about you. Thirty point seven million small businesses in the U.S. creating one point five million jobs annually. Small business accounts for sixty four percent of new job creation in the U.S. There's strength in numbers. No matter what we face, know that there's strength in us. Because of you, we're able. We're capable. We're resilient. And we are available because we are small business. And together, we're the economy. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network.